episode number 14 of the Healthier Life podcast. Hi, how are you doing? I hope you've been having a great week. I'm recording this on the 6th of December and our Christmas decorations went up this last weekend. The kids were really excited about that, but my husband, not so much. It seems that the decorations go up earlier and earlier every year. Anyway, it's nice to feel a bit more festive and it always helps to have twinkling lights and candles up when the days are so dark here. But enough about Christmas. Before we get into today's interview, I just wanted to remind you that there is a wonderful, supportive Facebook group that goes along with this podcast. It's called the Healthier Life Community, Health and Wellness Support for Christian Women. It's free and it's a great, safe place to discuss with like-minded women the kinds of topics that we talk about on this podcast and other topics to do with health and wellness, all from a faith-based perspective. I'm actually planning some great new content for the Facebook group starting in January, which will include mini weekly challenges and fun food facts. So do come along and request to join us now so that you're all set up to go for that in January. You can find us at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash healthier life community. I can't wait to connect with you over there. Now, on today's show, I'm chatting with intuitive eating and body image coach Victoria Yates. Victoria is a registered nurse turned health coach and intuitive eating counsellor who helps women create healthy lifestyles without dieting. Victoria's own struggles with her relationship with food and her body led her to want to help women with the same. She saw that the way that everyone talks about pursuing health and wellness had a major flaw. It just wasn't sustainable or healthy. She now helps women work towards their health goals in a way that is sustainable and works with their bodies through first coaching them on their relationship with food and their body to create a foundation of confidence, trust and worthiness. We're going to be covering topics such as what is intuitive eating, how do we know if we have an obsessive relationship with food and what does the Bible have to say about body image. There is so much helpful information on this episode, I just know you're going to love it. But before we start, just a quick disclaimer, as always, the information presented on this podcast is for educational and inspirational purposes only. Always consult your doctor before making any changes to your diet and lifestyle. Okay, with that said, let's dive into today's interview with Victoria Yates. Hi, and welcome to the Healthier Life podcast, where you can get great tips and strategies to empower you to live that healthier life you've always wanted. Do you want to feel vibrant and full of energy so that you can make the impact you desire in this world? I believe that when we are intentional about looking after our health, then we can find the energy, balance and joy that we need as Christian women to step into our God-given potential and make a real difference in this world. If you're here to learn about how a diet based more on whole foods, plant-based nutrition can bring a healthier life both to you and the planet, If you want to know how to manage your stress better, improve your sleep, exercise in a way that is fun and manageable, if you want to deepen your faith and build in more gratitude so that you can flourish once more in a life you love, then you are in the right place. I'm Catherine Shelton. Let's get started. So Victoria Yates, welcome to the Healthier Life podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. It's a pleasure. So tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from and your family. Sure. Um, So my name is Victoria and I am a health coach and life coach for women who want to have a better relationship with food and their bodies. Um, My background is actually in nursing. So I was a nurse for five years before I, well, and then while I was actually practicing as a nurse, that's when I started my business in coaching. And then I had a few babies. And so now my life is um, being mom to those two babies of ours and helping women in in my coaching business. Um, So I live in South Carolina and um, in Greenville, South Carolina. So it's kind of in the mountains we were just talking about. Um, And let's see here. Um, I already told you I have two babies. Well, so I'd say two babies because they are technically two babies. Um, One is almost two in February and one is going to 
or one is seven months. Um, so wow, <laughs> you're still in two the other two, <laughs> both in the pandemic. So Gosh. life has been so fun. <laughs> it's like, I, um, I like to say, you know, I, I never would have like our second baby was a little bit of a surprise. Um, but such a blessing. And I never would have like chosen to, you know, going into it, have my kids 14 months apart, but I mean, that's like, God just blessed us so much with that. And I couldn't be happier. Like I, now that I know what it's like, I would have hundred percent chosen it, but, um, I think you have it in your mind, like, oh, it's just going to be so hard to have kids right back to back, but it's really so fun. And it's the cutest thing. Like, as you can probably tell they're they're like my whole world. I love them. And just seeing them grow up together is really fun. Um, so they're a big part of my life. And then I have, um, this other piece of my life, um, is really, I'm just so passionate about, um, helping women have just a better relationship with food. As you probably know, like our culture is really just kind of messes with people with their relationship with food. And so I help people really just, um, uh, get away from dieting and all the rules and shoulds and really get back to how I believe is how God created our bodies. Um, I don't believe that God really created us to need to like look for a diet to, um, tell us how to eat. And I know we're going to talk about that, but, um, and so, yeah, that's a little bit about me Yeah, and yeah. Great. Yeah, we're going to get into the whole intuitive eating and body image in a moment. But just yeah. before we do, so you're a registered nurse and also an intuitive eating health coach. So tell us a little bit about your personal journey and how you got into that. Yeah, sure. So my personal journey with doing what I do now really started with uh, my own story with struggling with my relationship with food. So um, it kind of started back when I was um, early on in high school. Um, I, you know, I think that's a time where a lot of people start, start, like start to struggle with their relationship with food and their body, because we go through puberty and our body's changing and all of these things. And change is always uncomfortable. I think, you know, it's like we get in this habit and um, I think we get better at adjusting to change, but it's never like this wonderful, comfortable thing. And so I went through, um, just this period where, I was, um, my body was changing and I kind of felt uncomfortable and that led me to want to look at, okay, how do I try to just like be healthy? That was really my motive. Um, you know, just wanting to have a healthy lifestyle, um, and kind of like correlating with that, actually, my mom was having a lot of health issues. And so we kind of had that factor and, um, with, with all of that going on, there was a lot of uncertainty and, feeling like everything was like out of my control and part of like our sinful nature, when things feel out of control, we like want to hold tighter. Right. And so I did that through wanting to just like hold tight to my relationship with food and, um, control what I was eating, try to control my body size. And it really just kind of spiraled into this, um, eating disorder that I developed. And, um, so all of that to say, um, it's like kind of a long story, but, um, to make it as succinct as possible, I, um, I wrestled with that for eight plus years. Um, and then later on in college, my senior year of college, um, I met my now husband and really the relationship with him. And, you know, at that point I knew that how I was with food, this like controlling restrictive mindset with food wasn't good, but I, but I also didn't really know and, and didn't really want to let go of that. I don't know if you, you know, if you have anything like that, it was like, it was almost an idol for me in my life where it's like, it was just something that I felt like I wanted to just keep controlling. And then I realized, you know, this was, I knew that it was going to impact the relationship I had with my husband. Um, and so I had to kind of like, I got to this place where I was like, I felt like I had to make a choice. Either I just like keep going down this path of, um, food controlling me, or I let release that, let go of that. And, um, really, you know, just, just became free of that so that I could have a really good relationship with my husband. 
and also with God. Right. So I, um, at that point I had, I had seen a lot of like, um, I had gotten help from people like therapists and coaches and, and just working on my own mindset really with food. And, um, I think once it was, once I discovered, I learned about something called intuitive eating, which is what we're going to talk about, but I learned about intuitive eating and literally in that moment that I learned about it, everything clicked for me because it really is, especially with my nursing background and science background, it really just made sense. It was like, Oh, this is how our bodies work. Like our bodies literally don't work well on diets. They actually rebel against diets, which is why we see such a low success rate, such a high failure rate when people go on diets. So everything literally just clicked in that moment for me. And I know that's not the story for everyone. Some people really wrestle with intuitive eating and just don't, it doesn't click in the same way. But for me, it was like, Oh, this makes sense. And in that moment, I was like, I know that I'm not the only one who struggles with this. I see it as like a universal thing that most women can relate with. They can, most women, even if they haven't had like an eating disorder, like I have, you know, most women I talk to, they struggle with their relationship with food, whether it's led them to an eating disorder or it's led them just to try diet after diet after diet. Um, and so I was like, I want to help people with this. And I learned about something called an intuitive eating counselor. And I went and got that certification and just like dived right in. I further then got a certification in health coaching for nurses. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of like what's led me to this place. And I've been doing this for the last five years now, and it is just my greatest joy to see women to, uh, just have peace with food. And really like the big picture is for me, at least, uh, I get so passionate about not just them making peace with food, but for the bigger purpose of like, when you make peace with food, you open up your mind and energy to being able to really just dive into who I believe, you know, God has called people to be, um, as I experienced the, when I was really struggling with food, it was, it just like, preoccupied every thought in my mind all day, all the time. And it really just prevented me from really being confident and just being, being who who I'm meant to be. So anyway, that's like the big picture there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad we're talking about this topic because I'm sure so many of my listeners can really resonate to your story and Mm -hmm. this idea that you know, just, you know, having to think about food all the time, thinking about dieting all the time, you know, how much food you're putting into your body. And it almost becomes like an idol, doesn't it? Just taking over your life, like you were saying. And, you know, the diet culture around us is so huge. It's so many billion dollars go into Mm -hmm. that industry. And, you know, the number of people who are on a diet at any one time is just, you know, huge, really. So I think it's a really topical Uh, discussion to have and really excited to hear what you're going to uh, tell us about intuitive eating but before we do that let's start with body image um, because I I think you say that that would be kind of more of the root of of um, the process of sort of Mm. getting peace with food Um, so what is body image and how does it relate to our relationship with our food and also maybe from a Christian point of view um, you know Mm. what does the bible have to say about body image Yeah. So I like to define body image as the thoughts that you have when you see yourself or the thoughts you have about yourself. So, and that's really key. It's that it's the thoughts because, um, it's not like the actual image that you see in the mirror. Um, although, you know, that plays a role, but it's more the thoughts that you have about that image. Um, and so that's really important because we can, we have power over our thoughts, right? We can change our thoughts about our bodies and it's not a size issue. It's not a weight thing. It's not, a it's not any of that. It's the thoughts. So as far as like how this plays into our relationship with food, um, I like to tell people and, um, use this phrase that, you know, we can't really we don't, we like to take care of the things that we care about. Like that's kind of like, it's, I use this analogy sometimes of, uh, an old Jeep that we used to have. And it was like rusted and like, we bought it for a thousand dollars cash. Like it was just like, it was just a get around car. It wasn't really that special. And, you know, 
I think we washed it like once, you know, we didn't really put that much into taking care of it. And so as opposed to like, you know, if we were to, if anyone has a really nice car, you want to like wash it every week and make sure you don't eat it. You know, you really think about taking care of it. And so the same goes with our bodies. When we are really, when we have a good relationship with our bodies, it's so much easier to take care of ourselves. And that ties into how we are with food. Um, and then as far as the Bible goes, you know, we know that we are made in the image of God. I think that's the biggest thing. So when you are, when you are thinking not great thoughts about your body, when you're thinking not, uh, when you're saying not nice things about your body, when you have this bad relationship with your body, I believe it a hundred percent can correlate with the relationship you have with God, because we are his image bearers, you know? So, I mean, I noticed this for myself and a lot of my clients actually are believers too. Cause I think we, you know, even though I, I have clients who aren't as well, but, um, a lot of Christians and believers were drawn together. So, um, but I see this with my clients too, that, you know, we start to like get into like peel back the layers of their relationship with food. And I mean, sometimes we uncover that it's like, oh, I actually, this is not just a, a me issue. This is like a, something that like a, an issue with even my relationship with God and how I view God and how I, how I think about how he views me. Like it's, it's all related. Um, all because it, going back to, we are his image bearers. We were made in his image. Yeah. Yeah, that's so important. So I think you touched already on a few of these points, but how would we know if we had an obsessive relationship with food, if there was an issue that we needed to deal with when it came to our food eating habits? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, this can show up for different people in different ways, but I think the best thing is like, if you feel like something's not quite right with how you're thinking about food, that is a, that's a definite, if you're even questioning, like, what's, do I have a good relationship with food? If it's something that if food is something that you feel like is taking up more time, energy and mental space, than you really want it to. That's a really big indicator. Um, a lot of my clients, um, a big thing that draws them to wanting to do this work of healing their relationship with food is they're noticing that it's, they're thinking about food and their body image and how they feel in their body, what other people are thinking about their body. Like they're having all of these, these thoughts all the time, and they're keeping them from really being able to be present in their lives. And I like to think about how, you know, really the work that I do is helping people to helping women to kind of clean up their minds and their brains around how they are with food. And so if you feel like, um, I had one client describe it as like, I just feel crazy around food. Like, I just feel like it has this pull on me that I don't want anymore. That's a really good indicator. So maybe even asking yourself, like how, what, just even the question of like, what's my relationship with food? Like, and is this what I want it to be like? You know, that's a really yeah. great place to start. Yeah. I read just the other day, actually, that if something needs to be controlled, then that's a sign that it's already out of control. I think that's so true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So let's yeah. get on to the topic of intuitive eating then. So what is intuitive eating and how does that compare with traditional dieting? Yeah. So intuitive eating is a framework and it's made up of 10 different principles. Um, and it starts with like, we could go into all of the principles, but that would, <laughs> that would be maybe even a different podcast episode, but it's a framework that really just helps you to get away from dieting and stop dieting and get back to, uh, having a trusting relationship with your body at making peace with food. Um, and it starts with, really just kind of, um, I kind of, I will to just summarize the 10 principles. It really just starts with ditching diet mentalities. So, um, letting go of the just mindset of dieting really even just, um, committing to like, okay, I'm done with diets. That's like the first step. And then, you move into really making peace with food, building a trusting and respecting relationship with your body, moving into 
learning to decipher your your hunger fullness cues, eating for satisfaction. And then usually kind of the last step that we get into is having what I call a, um, uh, a mindset of nutrition as self-care. So a lot of people kind of get this view of intuitive eating that it's like anti-nutrition and you're just going to let yourself eat whatever you want all the time. You're going to just eat donuts all the time. Like that's a lot of times the, the thought that people have, and that is not the case. Like sometimes there is this period of time where you're really just trying to basically tell your body, like, I, you can trust me. I'm not going to go on another diet again. I'm not going to starve you again and restrict food from you. And so there might be that period of time where you're just drawn to, um, some of those foods that you had restricted in the past, but ultimately the goal to get you to is to a place where you're able to have this more gentle approach to nutrition. Um, one really built upon self-care and self-trust. That's great. So, just describe to us then, how would somebody go about intuitive eating sort of during the day? So how would it look like in practice? Yeah, well, I can kind of tell you what it looks like for me, maybe, and that might give, give people a little idea. Um, so for me, what that looks like is um, I wake up and I usually have, you know, things that I've already thought, you know, things that I know that are that I enjoy for breakfast. And so we have those things on hand. Um, so we kind of like plan and prepare for the things that I know that we're going to enjoy for breakfast. So, um, you know, for me, that might look like I, let's see, lately we've been loving, um, like scrambled eggs and some sourdough bread and butter and jam. Um, and then we'll have like coffee. So, you know, that's kind of a typical breakfast. Um, and it's really just, you know, I have kind of a list of things that I really enjoy as far as breakfast goes. And I kind of just wake up in the morning and say, you know, what sounds good? What do we have on hand? Um, and go for that. And then as I go through my morning, I have found that, you know, we as humans are pretty routine creatures. So even if we're not saying like, oh, okay, breakfast, I'm going to have breakfast at this time. And I'm going to have a snack at this time and lunch at this time. Like we typically do follow a little bit of a routine. So I find for myself, I usually do end up feeling a little bit hungry around 10 o'clock. So I'll have something for a snack. So whether that's like some yogurt, or if I'm like out running errands and it's going to be a while before I get to have lunch, I'll have maybe a higher energy, higher calorie protein bar. Um, and then as far as lunch goes, usually for me, you know, lunch is almost always the hardest meal for me to just, um, really enjoy. And so honestly, it ends up being leftovers a lot of times just because it's easy. So there's, a, there is a, an aspect of just practicality with intuitive eating where, you know, it's just like, this is what we have. And it's, you know, maybe not, maybe I do want like something like a panini or something, but, um, this is just what's easy and what's on hand. And also you heard earlier that I'm a mom of two little ones. And so a lot of times it is just like for lunchtime, what's the most practical thing. Um, and then I actually do find myself getting a little hungry in the afternoons even. So I'll have like a little snack in the afternoons. Um, and then as far as dinners go, how I usually approach dinner is at the beginning of every week, I will think about some meals that we might enjoy during the week. I go and get groceries for those meals and then we'll kind of just, I'll pick out, you know, what meal sounds good tonight. And we'll just make that. So, you know, it's kind of, I teach this concept of structure with flexibility. So I have found that it's really, you know, we need some structure in order to feel calm around food. It's, it's really hard for us to, you know, if we go into intuitive eating or anything really with just this, you know, no plan at all, it can feel really stressful. Um, so I do believe, you know, we, we do need a little bit of a plan sometimes, a lot of times, and especially when it comes to meals, having kind of a plan of like, like even what I said of having an idea of what you might want for breakfast, getting groceries for those things, what you might want for lunches and snacks and 
planning out some meals for dinner, not necessarily saying like Monday, we're having this Tuesday, we're having this Wednesday, we're having this, unless that really works for you. Um, but usually what I find I really enjoy is just, okay, we have ingredients on hand for tacos and a pasta dish and some curry and what sounds good tonight. All right. This is what we're going to have. Right. So that's what it looks like for me. And I, I actually enjoy having something sweet every evening, most evenings. Um, so I'll have, you know, either a lot of times it's just like some dark chocolate and some tea, um, while I sit down and just kind of end my day. So that's a little peek into what that looks like for me. Great. Thank you. So it's kind of having a structure and sometimes having a plan, but also having flexibility and just kind of going with the flow, maybe being a little bit mindful, but sort of letting your body have what it's craving. Is that right? So like no foods are off the list. Is that the kind of approach? Yeah. yeah. So I can imagine that um, listeners are probably thinking, well, if I started doing that, I would probably just eat loads of you know junk food and sugar and do you find with your clients that you work with who sort of maybe stop doing the sort of traditional dieting approach and then start doing intuitive eating do you find that there's a a time in which they do kind of find themselves like eat overeating a little bit too much on these foods these foods which they might have not been eating before or they've been restricting previously does that happen yes yes and that's actually why uh, or just where working with a coach can be so helpful because a lot of times in that, you know, in those moments, it can feel really discouraging, like you're doing something wrong, but that's actually, you know, like thinking about, um, like biologically speaking from how our bodies work. If you think about how your body is and how your mind is on a diet, it's kind of always in that scarcity mentality, like, you know, if you are saying, okay, I, I just, I'm not going to eat any sugar and that's that. So the second that you're around sugar, you have one bite, you just like, ah, your brain's like, oh my goodness, we got to eat this as much as we can right now, because we don't know when we're going to get the next dessert. Right. And then when you start intuitive eating, your brain's kind of still in that place where place of scarcity, like, you know, oh, sugar. I thought that we were told that sugar is bad and we're eating it right now. So that means I don't know if I'm going to be able to eat it again in the future, or like when I'm going to be able to eat it again in the future. And so there is this period of time where you're just really wanting to teach your body that, okay, we're not going to go on another diet again. You're, you're going to be able to have sugar tomorrow if you really want it. Um, you can have sugar every single day if you really want it, right? Like it's not off limits and that can feel, you know, your brain again is kind of in this period of time where it's not really sure if that's true. And so what I do with my clients is really help them to work through kind of that, that period of time where they might feel a little bit out of control, right. And just help them kind of keep the, keep the pace and really just build up belief that, oh, sugar really isn't going to be off limits anytime soon. You know, this specific food, eating fast food, isn't going to be off limits anytime soon. And it just is that period of time where you're helping your brain just relax around food and be like, oh, okay. Because it's like, because I am going to be able to eat, I can eat sugar whenever I want. It's funny how you even said earlier, you know, when you, uh, as far as control goes, when you actually let go of control, it's like you actually gain control because food isn't what's controlling you. You're kind of like the one who's able to be in the driver's seat when you release that control. It's a crazy thing, but it works hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, let's talk a little bit about some concerns that people might have starting this approach of intuitive eating. And one uh, that many people might think of immediately is the idea of having a food addiction. So we know that there are so many foods today, particularly the processed foods that we find in the supermarkets that are laden with sugar and salt, and they're specifically engineered to make them addictive. We know that there are people in these companies who are, you know, it's their job to make these foods as addictive as possible using, you know, additives and flavorings and things like MSG just to, to make us want more and more and more. So how does intuitive eating help us not overeat on these kinds of foods? 
Mm, yeah, totally. Uh, that's a great question. So we know that when you feel that addiction towards food, I totally agree that, you know, foods have been engineered to be for us to want them more. And also though, we know that when we have guilt around eating certain foods, when we feel, um, when we feel like we can't have those foods, the it's like, um, they use the analogy of like the forbidden fruit mentality. When something's off limits, we want it more. And so what I believe is that when we get rid of the guilt around whatever those foods are, we're able to instantly feel more calm and in control around those foods, less addicted to those foods. When we make peace with them, when we say, okay, if we are out and, or at the office and we're hungry and the only option is a bag of potato chips, um, we're going to let ourselves eat that and not feel guilty about it. And that's okay. Right. And taking away that guilt takes away a lot of that feeling of addiction. Now, also though, we, with intuitive eating, like I said before, the goal is to get to a place where you have this gentle approach with nutrition. So we know that there are better, more nutritious options than potato chips. And, you know, if we are at the office to use that same example and the only option we're hungry and the only option is a bag of potato chips. Maybe we eat that bag of potato chips, but we also make a little mental note and say, maybe I should next time pack a snack. That's going to be more nutritious and feel better in my body and also fuel my body better. Right. So it's not to say like, okay, those foods, I, I personally don't believe that food, uh, that people are necessarily like addicted to things like sugar. I think it's more about the restriction and the guilt that we have around those foods that makes it feel addictive. And so when you get rid of that guilt, when you take away the, the restriction, you're able to make more informed decisions, if that makes sense around the things that you want to eat. And, and again, it's like, you want to feel good in your body. If your goal is, I want to feel good. I want to fuel my body. Well, I want to take care of my body going back to like that self-care mindset. You're going to want to think about like, okay, next time I'm going to try to just be prepared for when I am hungry and not just eat the potato chips and like move on and, uh, continue that, that habit. Right. You want to kind of like notice that and then make that shift for, okay, what would be a good nutritious, alternative for next time without feeling the guilt or shame right yeah. yeah so this kind of leads us onto the idea of also emotional eating so suppose somebody started trying this more intuitive eating approach and then realizes that they tend to be going for certain foods certain sugary foods or flour based foods for emotional reasons, maybe, you know, they tend to eat these foods when they're stressed or when they're bored or when they're anxious about something. How do you help your clients navigate the whole kind of emotional eating side of things? Yeah. Yeah. So as far as emotional eating goes, um, emotional eating really happens when we turn to food instead of actually sitting with and feeling our feelings it's a coping mechanism that people use to not have to feel what feel hard emotions. And so what I help my clients do is really just get comfortable with sitting with hard emotions and thinking about what am I actually feeling? What's the actual emotion that I'm feeling? And what are some of the, what are some productive things that I can do to really sit with that emotion and work through that emotion that doesn't include turning to food. So food is kind of just the, the way that we like to suppress our emotions. So maybe for example, you know, if someone is noticing that they are overeating in the evening time, and then they realize that the reason they're overeating is because they are really tired and stressed after work. 
And so once you kind of have that realization that, oh, this is emotional eating that's happening. Once you realize that you can say, oh, okay, what am I actually feeling? I'm feeling tired and stressed. And what is going to be most productive to cope with that feeling, those feelings of tiredness and stress. Okay. Maybe I need to go to bed earlier, more consistently, right? Maybe I need to work on some stress management. Maybe I need to exercise, go and move my body. Maybe I need to journal or pray, right? There's all these other things. So I like to kind of use this analogy with emotional eating of like, you're putting a puzzle piece together and you get to the end and there's one spot left and you're trying to fit a puzzle piece from another totally different puzzle into that last piece. It's never going to fit. Like if you are having, if you are trying to use food to cope with your emotions, it's never going to actually meet that need. So finding, okay, what is that thing that I can do? That's actually going to get to the root of the emotion that I have and help me cope with that. Instead of trying to just suppress it, that's going to help you feel so much better about how you are with your emotions. You're going to go through your, those hard emotions even faster when you actually get to the bottom of them, as opposed to feeling, um, really uncomfortable because you've overeaten due to emotional eating. Mm. I love that puzzle piece analogy. That's really helpful. Thank you. Are there any groups of people for whom intuitive eating wouldn't necessarily work? I'm thinking someone who might've been diagnosed with diabetes, for example, and they really shouldn't be having sugar or someone who has a quite a severe, um, eating disorder, you know, other groups of people that it just wouldn't be helpful. It wouldn't work with. Yeah. As far as intuitive eating with an eating disorder, I'll speak to that first. My thoughts are if you have an eating disorder, what happens is a lot of times your physical cues that your body gives you are suppressed. So people with eating disorders, they have a harder time noticing their hunger cues. And so to just say, you know, honor your hunger, a person with an eating disorder might do that, but it still wouldn't be enough, right? Because their hunger cues are suppressed due to not listening to them. This can happen also with people who have been chronic dieting. Um, but with an eating disorder, it's definitely more severe and they're usually at more, a more severe case physically. And so for that, what I would say is there are principles of intuitive eating that they can start to practice even with an eating disorder, like respecting their body and making peace with food. But there are some aspects of intuitive eating that, you know, they a hundred percent would want to work with, work closely with a healthcare provider who is really specialized in an eating disorder, um, in eating disorder treatment, and maybe even uh, in intuitive eating. So there are a lot of, um, dietitians and therapists out there who are both trained in eating disorders and in intuitive eating. Um, and then to your question on people with say diabetes or even like any medical condition that maybe, you know, with like, say, um, Crohn's disease too. people who have Crohn's disease, you know, they have to avoid, um, or sorry, I'm thinking celiac disease, sorry. Um, but even Crohn's disease too, but people with celiac disease, they have to avoid gluten too. Right. So that goes back to thinking of nutrition from a place of self-care and your, you, you pair with those cases your head knowledge around, okay, what is good and healthy and like best for my body, along with still not feeling that guilt or shame. Right. Um, so I believe, you know, anyone can practice intuitive eating, no matter what health conditions they have, you know, you can have diabetes and you know, you know, I need to be cognizant of my sugar intake. I need to be educated and practice how I need to administer insulin. If you're on insulin, right. When I am eating and, um, they can still practice intuitive eating, but it just might look a little different, right? So they might have to just be a little bit more aware of what they're eating, but they're still able to have a good relationship with food and intuitive eating can help anyone get to that place. Mm, great. 
So let's touch a little bit on um, families, because obviously you have two small children and I have four children. And I know a lot of my listeners have children at home. So this question actually comes from someone in my community who wants to know if you have a family and you're having to prepare food for your family. So it's not just preparing food for yourself. How mm. can how can you go about intuitive eating or, you know, do you have any tips for that situation when, you know, you might intuitively want to eat one thing, but your family wants to eat something else? Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. <laughs> Very practical. So the way we do it in our family is I cook one meal and, you know, it's usually something that, you know, I know what my husband does and doesn't like, you know, we have certain meals that we know as a family that we enjoy and so, you know, I'll, I'll consider that when I create a menu for the week, things that we're going to eat for the week. And then as far as like, I'm thinking about my almost two-year-old son, I, you know, he's just, he's like getting into like a picky stage. So I think this is a, a good thing that I can speak on because one thing we do is I always try to offer him what we're eating, whatever that may be. But I also consider that, you know, he's learning what he likes and doesn't like. And I mean, he likes one thing one day and then doesn't like it the next day. So what I try to do is I'll provide that same meal so that he's participating. And like, I know that I know for a fact that I don't want to get to a place where I'm cooking four different meals for everybody. I don't think that that's very practical. Um, so I'll give him what we're eating, but I also will try to include something that he also enjoys. So to give you kind of an example this morning, I had made my son like a little, um, egg quiche. And so I put that on the table for him with like a little orange and I go to put him in his chair and he is talking about wanting popcorn. So we had some popcorn on the counter and he literally had popcorn with his egg quiche and orange for breakfast. And what I have found is that, you know, when I let him kind of be a part of that, of like, I know that there's one thing on here that either he's picked out that he wants, or I know that he's going to enjoy, he is more interested in all of the food, right? So even though at first, you know, he was just about the popcorn, he ended up eating some of the eggs too. And the orange, you know, he ate a little bit of everything. And so that's kind of the philosophy I go about is I provide, okay, this is what we're eating. And I try to make sure that there's at least one thing on my son's plate that he also, that I know that he's going to enjoy, even if he doesn't enjoy everything. Right. I know that he's at least going to eat something. Mm. Yeah. So I think this is probably a topic that lots of mums are thinking. Yeah. You know, how how would I let my children eat intuitively? If I did, they just want to eat, you know, chips and chocolate all day. And yeah. is there a place for monitoring a little bit what our children are eating? You know, we think about the rise in childhood obesity nowadays, mm. and you know, it's a real concern for for people. And going back to this this thing about you know food being, you know, laden with um, artificial sweeteners and flavorings and things like that to make them more palatable for children is there a place for monitoring a little bit what our children are eating or do you feel like they should be able to intuitively eat if we just let them have access to the foods that there are around yeah well you know I think with kids it's we're still the parents and we're still the ones making decisions for what we're bringing into the house so that's important right so it starts with the parents 100 percent and they're still learning too. So I, um, you know, I don't think anyone would think that going to the grocery store and having your child do the grocery shopping would be a good idea. You know, yeah, they probably would. My son would pick out, you know, only graham crackers and think that that was, <laughs> he could live off graham crackers. But so, you know, I think as parents, we can provide the foods and bring good nutritious foods into our home. But I think also there's, you know, we live in, I, I want for my son, like I want him to know that I want him to have a good relationship with dessert and not go to a friend's house and feel like, Oh, mom never has this at home. So I'm just going to like binge on dessert over here at my friend's house. You know, I want him to know that, you know, dessert's okay. And sometimes we have that. And so, you know, he, I tried to, you know, if we are going to have dessert, like we just had Thanksgiving here in the States. Um, and so he enjoyed some pumpkin pie and, you know, you know, I think 
personally, I want to create an environment around food where he doesn't feel like certain foods are good and bad or certain foods are off limits. But that being said, I think, you know, we're the ones who are shopping for food and we're the ones who are putting together our kids' plates. And so we are the ones who can make those decisions about what they're eating. There is, if anyone wants an amazing resource and wants to read a book about um, helping your kids eat, there's this great book called How to Teach Your Kids to Eat But Not Too Much by um, Ellen Satter. Oh my goodness, I could, I always recommend this book because it just was so helpful for me to translate intuitive eating and teaching your kids to be intuitive eaters, but also training them and, and providing structure. We know that kids love structure and really thrive with structure. And so it takes those two, um, seemingly like opposite things and really makes them work. Um, so I highly recommend that book, how to teach your kids to eat, but not too much. Great. Um, I'll, I'll put so, that yeah. link in the show notes for Christmas. Yeah. yeah. That sounds great. I think I'd like to go and get that book. So as we're recording this, Christmas is on the horizon. So do you have any tips for my listeners as to how they can kind of navigate the holiday season with all the kind of extra um, food that's going to be around, how they can intuitively eat over the holidays without kind of overdoing it and overeating? Yeah, yeah. I would say the number one thing that I recommend is going into the holidays already with a mindset that you're not going to diet in January is the most important thing. Cause a lot of times what I see is, you know, we'll start up, people will start off with a, well, they're, they'll go into the holidays with this mindset, like, Oh, I'll just diet in January. And that kind of, they'll feel like this free for all with all the food. And, um, again, your brain's like, all right, we're dieting in January. So we might as well just stock up now on everything. And it, and then you end up getting to January feeling so heavy and just uncomfortable. And you feel like the only alternative to just how you should eat is to go on a diet. And then you start that whole process again, all throughout the year. So my greatest advice is like going into the holidays, just already think about this mindset of, a diet is off limits in January. I'm not going to start another diet in January. And that's instantly going to help you feel more calm around food during the holidays. And really just, just, I think another thing is just think about being mindful around food and around what you're eating and really savor what you're eating. I think a lot of times too, when we are feeling guilty about food, we don't actually taste the food. We just kind of eat it and just feel guilty about it. Um, so really just enjoy the food that you're eating. Enjoy, you know, food is such a big part of all of our cultures. So let that be something that's fun, but also it's, we know that it's not the most important thing around this time of year. And so, um, I also recommend think about like all of the other things that are going on at this time of year, all of the things that you're celebrating, um, the family that you're with really just focus on being present with your food, but also with those that are around you. And that's going to really help you to just be more mindful, eat more mindfully and just enjoy this time of year. Mm, thank you. I love that tip about not planning to go on a diet in January. Um, funny story. My husband and I are going to a Christmas party in a week or so, and I bought a new dress because um, I haven't been to a party for ages. And I thought I'll splash out. I'll get a new dress. And, you know, I have to admit it's a little bit tight. So what went through my mind was I'll go on a diet for a couple of weeks just to make sure that I fit comfortably into the dress. And the moment I said that to myself, suddenly I was craving all these foods that I wouldn't normally yes. have wanted to eat. And I just wanted to eat sugar. And, and it's so funny, isn't it? The moment you put it into your mind mm -hmm. that I'm going to go on a diet, you start craving all the things that you're going to restrict and not allow yourself to 100%. eat. So yeah. I think that's such a good tip about not planning to go on a diet in January so that you don't yeah. then overindulge and overeat thinking this is my last chance to have this food. Yeah. Cause when I get to January, I'm never going to have it again. I think it's, yeah. it's very kind of psychological, isn't it? hundred percent. Yeah. It's like, yeah, how we are with food is it all starts with our mindset. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So another question from my Facebook group is, um, what sort of faith-based resources and support systems would you recommend for my listeners who might like to try this intuitive mm -hmm. eating approach? 
Yeah. So there's two podcasts that first come to mind for me. Of course you can come listen. I have a podcast. Um, and I sometimes will have faith-based guests on there, Christian guests. Um, so we sprinkle that in, into our messaging. Um, but there's also another podcast. So my podcast is called the redefining health podcast. You can come listen over there. Um, there's also a great podcast called intuitive eating for Christian women. I'll shout those girls out. They are amazing. Um, they have a Facebook group as well. And there's a new podcast that, um, it's releasing in January and, I know this because they asked me to be a guest on, and it's called the joyful health podcast. And it's by, it's going to be two co-hosts. One is Aubrey Goldbeck. The other is Casey Schuler, and they are both phenomenal and just amazing people. Um, and that's going to be a faith-based intuitive eating podcast as well. Um, and then I would also say another book that just came to mind actually is Aubrey Goldbeck has a book called grace food and everything in between. And it's an amazing resource on just the combination. She's a dietitian and a believer, and she just does such a great job of interweaving intuitive eating and the gospel and all of these things. So it's also phenomenal. So those are some resources people can look at. Great. Thank you so much. I'll put those links in the show notes as well. Well, thank you so much, Victoria, for talking to us today. Where can our listeners find you if they want to find out more about you and what you do? Yeah, sure. So my hub is kind of my website that you can find everything and it's victoria-yates.com. And people can also come listen again to the Redefining Health podcast. If you want to come check out my podcast, Um, I talk all about intuitive eating and just having a different approach to health. One that really is based on self-care and, um, body kindness. And I'm also over on Instagram a lot. You can find me at non-diet underscore RN and, um, yeah, feel free to reach out. If you have any questions about anything that I talked about, I would love to connect with anyone over on social media, um, or through my website and yeah, thanks so much for having me on here. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Hey, quickly, before you go, if this podcast has helped and inspired you in some way, then please jump over to iTunes and leave me an honest review. That way, more people can find this show and be inspired too. I personally read every single review and your feedback is so encouraging to me. The second way you can help get the word out is to take a quick screenshot of this episode and share it in your Instagram stories. Tag me at Catherine Shelton Health and I'll share it right back. Thank you so much. God bless. Until next time.